I came to Dubai. No one, I, I never expected I was going to be living in Dubai, and I'm one of the biggest car rental companies in Dubai, in the Middle East, not just Dubai. Have the most latest cars, like things that I used to dream of. I used to dream of a Lambo. I've got seven or eight or nine. You know, it's, it's crazy, and and it happened so fast. It happened so fast, but Dubai is is full of um, opportunity. So I, I recommend anyone that wants to move to Dubai to do it. Don't sit at home. Don't wait. There's nothing to do in your country anymore. Like it's just full of taxes. Like even the UK, it's it's, it's cold. Painful. It's cold weather. Like it's all year round cold weather. Um, people are always negative. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna be honest. Like not just negative downers. They they like they're down. They hate if you're doing well. Same as Australia. That's why I left. Thank you all for tuning in. I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Jaiwala. As most of you will know, they are now in Dubai and going to take over the market. So be sure to check them out. Welcome to another episode of Recipe to Success DXB. I'm really excited because this is my last one before I go back to London. And he's taken the time out. Thank you for coming. Ahmed, how are you? You're most welcome. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, especially for our UK uh, viewers and listeners, why don't you give us a bit of an introduction? Okay, uh, my name is Ahmed Mansour. I'm the owner of the Luxury Group. So basically we have uh, a luxury supercar rental company in Dubai. I have a luxury jet ski company in Dubai, a chauffeur service in Dubai, and now we're currently uh, building uh, in the desert. So we're doing a camp, uh, buggies and quads, which will be ready in about two months from now. Wow, serial entrepreneur. That's yeah, yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to be, yes. So um, how, did it, how did it all start? Because obviously... You have got you know several businesses, successful businesses. You've been here for a while. H- how long have you been here, actually? In Dubai, I've been three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yes. And for anyone that you know can't really tell, you're from Australia originally. Yes, I'm originally from Australia. So I was born and raised in Sydney. So I came to Dubai 2018 on a holiday with a friend. We sat at the Five Palm. You know, we seen the supercars at the front. So I decided to, to rent a car. And then I ended up spending all this money on cars. When you came, you were on a holiday or you came? Yeah, I was on a holiday. Okay, you came yeah, on holiday. I came on a holiday. Uh, I seen all these supercars out the front, took some photos. I walked in, I seen a guy there. He's like, you know, do you want to rent a car? I'm like, okay, show me what you have. Took a Ferrari the first day, then took another car the next day. And I said, man, I love cars. Like, this is, this is a good business. And, he, and then he told me, he goes, he goes, why don't you open something here in Dubai? I'm like, ah, nah, it's not my thing. You know, I, I got work back home. I had several businesses in Australia. So I'm like, it's not my thing. You know, I'll consider it maybe on... Um, in the future, that was it. Left there, went home, went back home, and I looked at my wife. I said, "Man, Dubai was beautiful. It was the first first place I've been. It was amazing." I go, "I'm, I'm going back." And then I went back, rented cars again. I'm like, "This is a good business. I'm spending so much money on cars." And every time I ask for a specific car, it's always booked. So then I said to myself, uh, "I'll consider it again." Went back home. The guy that was working for the company sent me a message saying he resigned and he told me he's looking for a job. I said, "Do you, you want to?" open a rent-a-car company and I can manage it for you while I'm in Dubai and you can stay in Australia. I said, I'm not really interested right now because I still had my businesses going and they're doing very well in Australia. I waited one month, two months, then six months later, he messaged me again. Hey, business is doing good in Dubai. You should come down and have a look. So I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go. He pushed me. I went. And then I, that's how it started. Wow. So it really took that support system. Like yeah. you had someone that yes. was almost like a blessing, right? Yeah, it was. It was, it was yeah. literally on the pedestal waiting for you. Yeah, he was like, please, every time I give my old boss or whoever he was working for, like ideas, 
he wasn't listening to him because you know he was an employee and he had all these brainstorming ideas of how to boost the company and and how to perform well and and these guys were pretty old school they weren't listening to the young people so that's why i say you know always listen to people don't just uh, think that you're a boss there's always more to learn from everyone around you and then uh, from there it was i came back to dubai and we started the journey mm. so you came to dubai you moved your whole life basically to dubai basically yes that's a big mo- big move right it's bold huge and, huge move and you ha- you had a wife and yeah. all this kind of stuff so for anyone that you know is in that similar kind of journey where they're thinking about it or you know it might not necessarily be dubai it might just be they want to make that move they want to go somewhere else and they want to start a life somewhere else especially you know like for you you had businesses in australia you didn't need to move yes correct um so so how did you build that courage up and and how did you kind of man pivot to it dubai? was very very hard uh, because all my life when i used to see people back at school and and they're like oh we're moving to a different country i used to say man you guys are crazy i got my family i got my mom i got my dad I got my brothers i got my sisters i got my nephews i can't leave this country this is where i'm born this is where i'm raised uh, you guys are crazy going to hong kong or going to a different country to work and and then look where i am now <laughs> i'm in dubai um it was very very hard at the start it was a tough decision but then coming to dubai it's a tax free country we're in australia taxes through the roof petrol prices very expensive i don't smoke cigarettes but cigarettes are through the like everything's expensive you're looking at 50 dollars a packet of cigarettes you know he it's like 50 dollars 50 dollars australian yes no yeah. way 45 dollars australian is like 200 dirham wow and he you get the whole packet 10 for 35 or 40 dirham it depends where you get it from <laughs> but it's it's not about that in general but even petrol prices you know half price uh taxes 47% we're paying in australia here you pay nothing you know yes you pay the vat the vat but it's nothing when you compare that mm-hmm. to australia so basically in australia you're working to pay the government and then after paying the government you know look i still respect australia but like it's a 9 to 5 place everything closes after 5 p.m. on the weekend saturday and sunday you want to go to the best restaurant kitchen closes at 8 p.m. it's like guys what are you guys doing is it killing the economy there's no life so you you like a slave you work go home and sleep when the buyer's complete opposite everything's 24 hours you want to eat midnight you got food at midnight you want to go for a drink at 3 a.m. something is open um there's always something to do in dubai every week there's a new event every week there's a new new bar that's opening or or a new beach club and man dubai's exciting it's full of full of fun and you made the move before covid right yeah, i made the move really yeah i made the move before covid so i did get out before covid and then funny you say that uh, i did get stuck in london for three months mm. uh, i was in costa rica on a holiday uh, i didn't know what was going on on the tv so then i seen everything that was going on and i went to to eat at the restaurant one day and she said Do you know I'm like why is there only one seat per table and she's like we're closing the border in the next 24 hours I'm like damn I need to get out of this country rang my travel agent who was from Australia I said look you got to get me out he goes there's only one flight to Spain and then London then Dubai I'm like okay get me on that flight got to Spain they canceled flights by the minute there was one more flight left to London they put me on that flight to London as I got to London Dubai closed the airport so I got stuck in London for three months so I got to enjoy where you're from you know but it wasn't really an enjoyment because it was full lockdown yeah, exactly. you know nothing was open So man I I have traveled many places in the world but there's nothing like Dubai. The quality of life is just the different. Quality of life, quality of people. I feel like everyone that wants to get away from I can't say rubbish people but like people in their past and their headaches and your old friends and you want to start a fresh journey. I think that's what everyone comes to Dubai for and everyone wants here everyone wants to be successful in Dubai and everyone that comes here is pretty much wants to make money 
So it's more of a, it's like a business and lifestyle in one. Where in Australia it's just business, there's no lifestyle. Mm. So, yeah. so let's talk about let's talk about the businesses. Um, luxury group. Luxury how group. I mean, how lucrative has that been for you? Because obviously, well, that, that's pretty new. So basically, um, my brother is uh, the owner of the the luxury jet ski and the buggies company. Okay. So, and I own the chauffeur company, but we made it as a group because it's my brother and uh, we support each other. So, which is very good. We have a big bond. Um, I made him move to Dubai. So he's been here now one year. And all our clients that come to us in general, they come to rent a supercar and they ask us, what can we do in Dubai? What is there to do? Or we want to go get a jet ski. Do you know anyone? Can you recommend anyone? And we used to send them to other places and we used to make, you know, some commission or mm-hmm. the, the workers that work for us make some commission. But everyone that used to go there, they were either old jet skis or the instructors weren't weren't professional and the, the whole thing was just about money where we are professional with our whole business from every company that we own. We make sure everyone is happy and, and we have the latest models of cars or latest jet skis. So we've got all the 2022 model jet skis. So we send them to, to so we expand the business in everyone that comes to, through one door wants something else. So it's like a domino effect. So for us, it's really good. It's like the, it's like the ultimate concierge. Yeah, so if you come in, we got everything and we don't have to outsource. We don't have to go anywhere else and, and, and rely on anyone else. And we know it's going to be five star for every single person that comes through. And that's probably why you get so many big names, yes. celebrities. I saw yes. French Montana. And yeah, French Montana was here about a month ago. Um, we went with him. I was in his music video. We, we gave him some cars. I, I met him through Eric the jeweler. He's, a, he's my main jeweler that does all our jewelry. Um, I've, we've had Tiger, uh, the CEO of Fashion Over, also. Um, some big big names, they all come to us either for chauffeur or for the uh, the rental car. So they want some, some supercars super for their video shoots or they just want to drive around town. We met many celebrities in this business, influencers, social media guys, uh, Instagram bloggers, YouTube bloggers. Yeah, it's, it's a very good business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for those people that, because, um, you know, I think traditionally when people think about chauffeuring or rentals or things like that, there is some risk that, you know, comes with it as well. Man, a lot of risk. A lot of risk. Like so uh, how do you do sometimes you, the thing is some people tell me like, how do you know who to give a car to? It's a hard question because when you see someone's document, it's just an ID. You don't know if the person's going to be good, if he's going to not behave. The thing is all our cars have GPS trackers where it shows us the behavior of the driver. If we do see something, yeah, if we do see something crazy like a harsh braking, um, harsh acceleration all the time and the speed limit is breaking the UAE law, we do inform them and uh, if they ignore us or after three or four warnings, we do shut down the car and we do take the car back off them. Have I ever done that? Uh, never. Usually once you warn them, they, they, they're pretty sensible. You know, you've got the security deposit. So you tell them like, if he's not going to slow down, that security deposit is going to be taken. So they definitely slow down and they, they respect the rules, but we've never had to go that far. Yeah, that's good. I mean, in Dubai, I think people do generally follow the rules as much as possible. Yes. So um, let's go. Let's go back. You know, um, you've got a successful life. You've built a successful life in Dubai. But you did mention that you know you you had businesses in yes, Australia. Yes, I did. Yes. I want to go. You know, right to the start. So yes. young Ahmed. Um, Damn, I used to work at McDonald's. Really? Yeah. That was your first yeah, job. I was flipping burgers. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's start with the childhood because I'm always intrigued. Like, you know, success. I think sometimes leaves you know, clues and blueprints, you know, like from a young age. And sometimes you find that like when you're young, some people that end up being successful, they had something about them when they were young that really inspired them to get there. See, with me, it's like, one, I've always loved cars. Cars are passion. Since a kid, always had the latest Need for Speed games on Playstations. I, I love cars. And then um, I used to go to school, but I never liked school. I was always that, that troublemaker. I was the bad one in the class. 
the one that never did his homework. That was me, you know. <laughs> and then um, I used to work after hours. I, I used to think like when I used to go to history class, for example, I used to tell the teacher, like, so you're teaching me history. Like, how's that going to make me money? Like, what's the pyramids got to do with my pocket? You know, and it was a smart question. But now, as you get older, you want to know history. You want to know what happened then. Because, like, you want to know what's going on in the world and what happened in the past. But when you're young, you don't understand that. So, basically, school wasn't for me. I, I used to work after school. So, I used to work at McDonald's. So, I used to work, I used to go to school 9 till 3, go home, have a shower, start work at 4, finish at 11, go home, sleep, repeat. So, I used to work six days a week at McDonald's. So, you had that work ethic for Yeah, I, ha I had that work ethic. And then, from that money, I bought my first car. And then, from the first car... I stayed at work, I, I swapped that car to, a girl wanted an automatic car and I wanted a manual. I swapped it, her car was worth a lot more than mine. Probably she was driver. happy, yeah, she was happy, I was happy. Uh, I sold that car, flipped it, doubled my money, then same thing again, I sold that car online, made some more money, so I started flipping cars. And I'm like, man, this business is amazing. How old were you at this time? Man, 16, 17, wow. 18, yeah. Between 16 to 18, then I ended up applying for a job online and... I went there for the job interview and he told me, I see your resume, it looks like it's, it's, it's a load of crap. You know, your resume doesn't look like uh, you've got any experience now. I said, look, just try me, you've got nothing to lose. He goes, look, I'll put you on. You've got three months traineeship, you cannot sell a car until three months passes. I'm like, okay. So I went to work every day and I was, I was on a normal salary. And then, uh, but commission was really good. I used to sit on the yard every day waiting for clients to walk through. And then one day we we're all just chilling out the front, including the, the general manager was there and I'm like, you know, boss, can, can I go sell a car today? Like, I know it's, it's not 90 days yet, but can I try? Can you like at least try me? He goes, okay, there's a couple there that came on the yard. He goes, okay, show, show me what you got. I sold them two cars. Yeah, $15,000 uh, profits. Wow. Yeah. What to, to was his reaction like? He looked at me, he goes, you start from tomorrow. He goes, you're selling cars. And then I was 11 months in a row, unbeaten. So 30 cars a month, one a day on average. That's interesting. Yeah. I, you know me, I come from a sales background as well, so yeah. I love that. So... How, what inspired that? Like, do you, do you, was it just natural? Man, I was in the magazines. Employees were getting jealous. Uh, I, like, I, I started coming in late to work. No one cared because I was hitting the numbers. And uh, what inspired, like, just, I was driven. I didn't want to let them leave the yard. I wouldn't let them leave. Like, even when when you see someone, like, like they used to judge people when someone walk in the yard, say, not dressed in designer clothes or something nice, I'd be like, oh, this guy's a time waster. And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm going to go. I'm going. And I'll, I'll close them deals whether it's finance or whether it's uh, a cash sale, I used to try sell, I used to try push. Um, even if they didn't have the money, I'm like, man, we can, we can do something with finance for you, you know? Like there was options, there's always a way of hustling, you know? And then from there, uh, how, it how I grew fast was one day someone came through with, a, with an old BMW. It wasn't really old, it was a 2002 model, 318i. Mm, and classic. yeah, the, the gearbox wasn't working properly. And I told the boss, uh, he goes, I don't want this car. I'm like, how much did you offer him? He said, $1,000. I said, the car's worth 10 grand. He's like, yeah, well, I don't want it. I'm like, can I take it? I said, yeah, sure, take it. I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, I just put $1,000 in the bank account of the, the company and you can have it. I took it, I repaired it for another thousand. So 2K, I sold it for 8K. I made, I made $6,000. I'm like, man, I'm working all month for this. So then I started to think, I'm going to start hustling on the side, buy and sell cars, plus I'm at work. I did that for about a month and I was making three or four times what I was making working for the company and putting all those hours in and working six days a week out on the sun, like on the yard in the sun. I'm like, I quit. I quit and I started buying cars from the auction. At one time, I had that many cars from the auction. When I used to go to the auction, people knew I was buying every car in the auction. And I was buying 20, 30 cars a week. Wow. Yeah, I used to walk in and any car before it even hits the reserve or before it goes out, I knew everyone there. They're like, okay, take it. 
Wow, so that's super interesting. So you, you didn't come from money. You started really young. You earned your own way up yeah. the ladder, but you made smart decisions. Yeah, very smart decisions. I did take a lot of losses in life. Like everyone takes losses. Of course, yeah. Um, even with cars, you know, it's always a, there's a loss. There's a, you know, sometimes the car's got problems or, or whatever. But in terms of that, like I kept on kept on going. I, d- I didn't s- slow down. And I then at one stage with the money from I was making from cars, I went into property. So while I was flipping the car still, I would like from, from 10K went to 50K, 50K went to 100, then I have 10 cars at a time. And if you make $1,000 on a car or $2,000 on a car, you're making 100K a month. So you can, make, you can make good money from cars. And then that money, I ended up buying a property and I started building. And then on the first project, I bought it, I think for a million dollars and then I sold it and we made a net a profit of nearly 800k wow. yeah so that's what boosted me a lot and then so I started selling one property a year so I used to build a property one per year make similar money but then obviously the market crashed in Australia so on some of the properties I lost money mm-hmm. so I did have losses and then I branched out once I started making money from cars I was making money from properties then I went into the Westfields you have one in, you have I think a few of them in uh, in the UK we have many of them in Australia. There's probably like 40 Westfield shopping centers in every suburb. There's a Westfield. So then I took on a hair salon, complete different field of background for me. But I said, you know, I'll buy it. It was making money. So I'll transform it. I bought it. It wasn't making money. It was actually in the minus, the, the books, everything that she told me, the lady, even though I did my research and I was pretty smart, pretty switched on person, but I believed her and she conned me, but it was okay. Then I flipped that business from losing money to making money. And... And that's when I that's when I came to Dubai. Yeah. So when I was there, I was I flipped that business from minus two thousand, three thousand dollars a week to plus five thousand dollars a week. So I was had that. I had the cars and I had the building. So everything was going in perfect. Like everything was perfect at the time. And then uh, when I came on a holiday to Dubai, uh, I looked at everything here and I'm like, nah, it needs to change. I'm not going to work for the money anymore. I need to do something else. So how did you learn the game of business? I mean, did you have like mentors, role Zero. models? Zero. So you just literally Zero. grafted yeah. and learned. That, that's why I think if I had more experience in business, I wouldn't have had that loss with the salon, but it made me learn from it. So now if I ever want to buy a business or I wanted to do something, I look at everything now. Because some people, they need to go through it. Yeah, even if it's trust or not, you know, it's, it doesn't matter who the person is. You have to, business is business. That's, what, that's when I learned business is business. Mm-hmm. When you I copped a half a million dollar loss there. And w- w- would you say that was one of your biggest hardships along the way? Yeah, that was one of the biggest hardships. Um, because I bought it for a high amount of money and I bought all the products that were in the salon, which were expired. So I had to throw all the products out and then that was another $200,000, for example. Yeah, it was a big hit. It was a big hit for me. And then I boosted it and then one of the biggest salons in that Westfield, we're talking about Bondi. And Bondi is one of the most famous areas in Sydney and most expensive and that's where, like, it's like Beverly Hills in, in, in USA. So when they used to come there, there was a shop called Tony and Guy next door, a few doors down. He's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I used to walk past his shop and see no one in there walk past my shop, full house. That's when I knew I was like I was making success, you know. And that's when I knew that I, whatever I can, whatever I get my hand on, I can turn it into gold, you know. Um, but at the end, like when you put the hours in and you put all that stress and headache to make that money, it wasn't worth it. You know, I sell a car too. I make that same money. I don't have to be there and manage and all that. So I did. I did sell the shop. And I did still lose money on the on the place, but it was a le- it was a lesson that I need to, to learn, you know. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, like, obviously, you know, the hair salon was completely a different industry that you didn't. Complete, love. yeah. So, what are some of the things that you look for now, like when you go into the biz- into business in general? Now, there's like, well, after COVID, 
basically cars went up in value, houses went up in value. So whoever had money or whoever had assets, pretty much happy. You know, jewelry, watches, everything's going up in value. Um, so with me, I only stick to those kind of things that I want to invest in. Uh, I'm not into crypto. I used to be. I lost so much money in crypto. You know, in 2018, I had a big hit, probably one million, two million. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I had when Ripple was going up, I invested my money, and then it crashed, and ah, it was crazy. Um, then I had to start again. So I have copped many losses, and I have gone back to to where I was and back up. But ever I moved ever since I moved to Dubai, I did panic when COVID did hit because you know rent a car it's based on tourists. My cars were parked outside, but because they were paid, um, and my rent had been paid for a year where I was staying at the first shop, and it wasn't high expenses because it was still new into the business. So I didn't mind. I'm like, I'll drive it, you know, when I have to rent them all, it's fine. And I, I didn't have that many cars, you know, I had four or five cars. I had like one Ferrari, one Mercedes and one Lamborghini. Like it wasn't that big. Then after the COVID sort of, when Dubai was the only country open for tourism, tables turned and my business went from zero to maybe 300. Like it was crazy. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Like right now there's a serious boom. Right now it's a boom. Yeah, right now. To be honest, when COVID hit, it's some of those months were busier than December, like busier than New Year's, busier than oh, the really? Christmas period. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Every country was coming to Dubai because, you know, they were sick of being locked down, wearing masks and getting stuck indoors. Nothing like, you know, people still want to live, you know, people, there's some people that care about it and there's some people that don't care. They just want to live their life. They don't want to be restricted, you know. And at that time, Dubai had, yeah, it had restrictions, but they still had a life. They still knew how to enjoy their life, you know. Not like Australia. Australia was locked down two years yeah, it, was, it was chaos, you know. I couldn't see my parents for two years. They couldn't fly here. Well, actually, they could fly here, but if they had to go back, they had to quarantine. But at one time, the airport was completely closed. They couldn't leave. So I did miss my parents. Um, they did come and visit me recently, so that, that was good, yeah. Let's talk about Australia a little bit. I mean, I know you mentioned it at the beginning that, like, uh, you know, it's a bit boring and, you know, things are like nine is, to five. Yeah. But I've never had an Australian guest. So, you know, for me, it's intriguing, yeah. especially <laughs> being from London. It's like, you guys start your day when we end our day. Yes, so that's you, correct. So you have no like insight. Seven hours, yeah. Yeah, so we have no insight into Australia. What What was it like growing up in Australia? Look, they've got nice beaches. Um, the system is good. Like, they do have you know, free schooling. They do have free medical. They do have, like, a lot of things that are for free from the government, which I respect. Um, growing up in Australia was nice. Not going to say it wasn't. It did help me a lot. It did guide me. Like, I did make money from that country as well. Um, is there like parts that are rough? Like there is very rough parts. Uh, we're a big. I'm, I'm from a Lebanese background, so we are. We have the biggest Lebanese community that's in Australia. Got the nice eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mum, my mum, my sister's got the brown. You know they're jealous. Um, in Australia, like it's it, it is very rough. There is a lot of um, there's two sides of the story. There's always two sides of the, the place, and because the Lebanese population there is huge because of the war and the, and the civil war in, in Lebanon, everyone fled and Australia accepted all the Lebanese people. And what they did when they did come to Australia, they put them all in the same location, mm. which, you know, when you put too many people of the same race in the same location, it becomes a problem. Um, so there is good people from the Lebanese community and there's some very bad people in the Lebanese community. And growing up was very hard. You know, you don't know who to, you, you don't know, there's no guidance because you're all from the same place and you're like, there is a little bit of racism in Australia. I'm not going to say there isn't. Um, yes, we have put our name out there and we are a target. Like they've got their own police force. They've got their own strike force for Middle Eastern crime. So when they see someone that's Lebanese like myself, 
Uh, I do oh get stopped way. regularly. I do get stopped. I get pulled over. Um, if I'm driving a nice car, they'll stop me. You can't drive a Lamborghini in Australia. It's impossible. No way. They have pulled, pulled me over many times there. So I basically had my first Lamborghini at 21 years old. And they've stopped me many times. And they're like to me, uh, so whose car is this? I said, my father's. What's your father do for work? I said, man, you put me over for RBT. You didn't put me over to ask me what that does for work, you know? Like, they, you know where they're coming from. You know, you, you know where they're trying to get to. Um, and, I, and I got fed up from it. And like, uh, if I did want, when I was trying to apply for work, for example, and I used to put on my resume, my, my original name is Ahmad, so it's Ahmad, it's a Muslim name. And then um, when I put Adam, so that's what I used to call me in Australia, even on my business card would be Adam. So if I apply for a job with both, Adam will get a call, Ahmad won't. So it sucks, you know? Um, so here I'm proud, I say my name proud, I'm happy, you know, and then, uh, Dubai life's different Yeah that's that's very true I, I think it's similar in the UK That sometimes your background can hold you back And yes. when you come to places like this You feel so comfortable because Very like, comfortable I can just be me Very man. comfortable I can be me I'm proud to be me And like, it's not going to hold me back in any in way In Australia like it's like You go to meet people You don't know what to say if, What your name is And you don't know how they're going to judge you Not just because of like you know, I think it's Not just Australia A lot of countries in the world The same thing um, Especially after 9-11 After the bombing of 9-11 and we're targets everywhere we go. Um, but in Australia, because we're a big group and a lot of them are in, uh, like there's a lot of Lebanese criminals, um, that there's criminals in every nationality. Like there's Italian mafia, there's, there's the, the Asian gangs, there's, there's, a, there's mobs in everything in Australia. But the thing is, because the Lebanese are so loud and so targeted and we're always on the media, so it makes the good people look bad and the bad people look really bad, you know? Where there is crime with Asians, but they don't talk about it. You don't see them. You don't hear about it. You know, um, it's not live because they're not really a target. You know, they try not to show the public. You know, man, there's been a shooting. There was 52 shootings last year in in Sydney, and like the last month, there's probably about three or four drive-by shootings. It's dangerous. It's da very dangerous. And growing up there and and having kids there, it's it's, it's something I, I don't want to do. You know. So so now, obviously, you've come to Dubai. Let's talk about family. You know. Um, you mentioned that you know you wanted to come here partly to give your kids a better life as well. Um, so how important is that for you? How important is family and, and obviously your roots? Very important. Uh, like now, I've got my parents coming up to Dubai. They're going to move to Dubai. They came, on, they came on a vacation and they seen it. They're like, wow. Because it reminds them of their hometown, like Lebanon. Um, everything's in Arabic for them. They, like it's Arabic and English. And, and the lifestyle is very, the, it's the same as Lebanon, but safe. There's no war. There's no bombs. There's no crime. Like, you know, I've left money. One client gave me once 30,000 euro for a car that he rented off me for a month. I left it on my bonnet of my car, jumped in another car and left. And I said, damn, I forgot the bag. I came back an hour later. It was still there. No one touched it. You know, in the, that in Australia, it's gone. See you later. Anywhere in the yeah, world. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the yeah. world. But like, and I've traveled a lot. I've been to a lot of countries, uh, even my own home. Like when I do land in Lebanon, though, I, I do feel at home. But I know there's that, there's no peace there. So you don't know at any time they can bomb or at any time they can just close the border. It's not a safe country, but it's a very nice country. And uh, I feel that when I come to Dubai. So I feel that little bit like, I feel like it's part of me and it's not part of me. So You know when you first came to Dubai on holiday and you told your, your missus about how, how much you loved yeah. it, what was her reaction? Well, basically she was pregnant. Oh. And I said to her, pack, pack your stuff, we're going. She's like, where to? I'm like, we're going to Dubai, you're moving to Dubai. And I'm like, if you're not, you're staying here, I'm going on my own. So I gave her no choice. But she did support me. Um, she did fly with me, and did she, she fall in love with it as well. She loves it. She she doesn't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Um, 
her mom comes here now. She spent nine months last time here. Like my parents want to come up often. My brother, my brother-in-law, and my sister—they come here twice a year now. And when when I used to think about Dubai, I used to think it's just a desert because we used to stop over in Dubai from like Australia, Sydney, Dubai, Dubai, Lebanon. We only used to do a stop over here, and I used to come in June, July because that's the best time in Lebanon. And you come out of the airport here, it's like fifty degrees. Like man, who comes to this place? Like who's gonna live here? That's when everyone leaves, isn't it? Yeah, who's gonna live here? Like what is this? A desert. And then uh, I had a friend of mine that lives here. And he's time, he told me, like, when are you going to come and visit me? I'm, I'm in Dubai, I'm in Dubai, I'm in Dubai. That's what made me come here for the holiday, to see my friend. Then I came here, then he's moved now. He doesn't live here anymore. He's moved to another country. I think he went to Africa. And uh, I'm here now. You know, and I love it here, and I won't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been many places. Like, you know, islands to, you name it, Dubai's Dubai. Like, the service, the hospitality, the Everything. people, the smile on people's faces. Um, they go... Uh, above and beyond to make you happy. Um, everywhere you go, five star, it's clean. You don't have to worry about nothing. You don't have to worry about no one, no racism, uh, no crime. Yeah, man, Dubai's the place to be. Oh, 100%, 100%. So let's go back to business. Business, um, yes. Part, you know, aside from the success you've had in business, you're also very well known on Instagram and social media. Yes, yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Well, uh, when I was in Australia... By the way, he's got a blue check, guys, as well, yeah? yeah. <laughs> so when I was in Australia, like, I, I had a friend of mine, he told me, do you want to take on a, a role in one of the movies? Um, and I said, what was the role? And typical, it was like a Lebanese uh, Lebanese gangster in one of the in a short film they had. Wait, 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 hold on. So how did that happen? You, you got into movies? Uh, one day, one of my cars, I had an old classic 1988 Toyota Corolla, red one, and I had given it to my mum to drive to get from A to B because her car was in service. So she went to my auntie's house and my auntie lives in sort of like a, a lower class suburb. And uh, someone had drove past and put a sticker on the window, we want your car for a movie. And then um, my mum came home and she gave me the letter. She's like, they want your car for a movie. Because then the reason why is that the movie is in the 80s and the 90s. So it's a, re- a reenactment of, of the 80s and 90s. And so I rang the number on the, on, uh, on the paper and I spoke to the guy, his name was Graham. And I said to him, uh, I just got your your paper on my car. Are you looking for a car for a, for a video? He's like, yes, we're shooting The Underbelly for Channel 9 and we, we need that car. I'm like, okay, you need any actors? He said, oh, you got any acting experience? I said, not really, but you know, if there's a role and you want me to play something, I'm happy to do it. And he's like, okay, come and see me on Thursday. I, I can't remember if it was like a Thursday or a Friday. Come see me at nine o'clock at my office. I'm like, okay, cool. I went there, gave me the script. Had no idea, never done acting before in my life. And he gave me the script. Uh, I did a rehearsal with it He said You're good to go So you choose that on set And it started from there and Then from that film He gave me I scored another role With another film That they've The same company So it was Channel 9 They put me on another film And then from there I signed up with an agent And I started getting Some more roles Because of my experience That's crazy You know yeah. the way you, The way you uh, Make it sound In everything Business, movies Like you just dive in And just Smash I don't it say no bro do. I don't say no bro Like you, you gotta You know At, at that time I probably I, I can't remember where I was at that time. I think I was between selling cars and I didn't have the business in the in the in the Westfield. I didn't have anything, so I had time. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'll take the shot. I'll just do it. So I did it from there, and then I got I scored myself a few roles. Uh, Channel Nine. I did some Channel Seven shows, and one or two short films. I did uh, some big actors as well. I've been on set with some big actors, uh, Richard Roxburgh, uh, or they're doing The Great Gatsby as well, Australia. Well, they didn't get a big role in that film, but I was there. Um, and then I sort of died out Like I, I wasn't really interested When I started making money I didn't have the time So then I just stopped 
doing the roles and stop doing the rehearsals and all that stuff. Yeah. But the one thing that you kept from that was that you understood the importance of content. Yes, a hundred percent. And I learned a lot from it. Like I learned on set about cameras, about how the people work, uh, even in the studio. Like most of the stuff you got in here, I, I know how it works. Um, you learn. So I, I use it as an experience, you know. And I like to be an all rounder. Like. I'm not that person where I only know one thing and that's only selling cars or only renting cars. No, I know everything. Like, um, I, I like to learn. Like, if something goes wrong and I look at, like, for example, electricity goes wrong in this place, uh, I'll try to figure out what's going on or why it happened and how can I fix it. And if I can't, then I've obviously call someone. I, li- I like to have knowledge, you know, in everything, in every aspect, not just one. I'm not one of those persons that just knows only one thing. Like, I'm good with computers, you know, and I've never gone to, to school to learn computers, you know but I'm very good with computers. I can do things like people ask me, how do I do this? How do I do that? I know how to do it and I've never had anyone teach me. Like I, I try to teach myself everything. That, that's I think my, my, my bonus for myself. Did you always have that mindset though? Yeah, I think so. I think as a kid, man, I've always wanted to do things. Like I'm always, I'm not, I'm not lazy when it comes to work or lazy when it comes to learning things. Only at school, you know, I didn't want to learn. <laughs> I was distracted. But when you start to, to know, like you need that knowledge. Like if, for example, I'm not a mechanic, but I know if something's, if I know a noise or something's gone wrong from experience, I know what it is now. So like, I, I like to learn things, you know? So what more of it, you know, I mean, you've, you've achieved a lot, different industries, you know, different countries, movies, business. What, what kind of keeps you going now? And, and what, what is it that you're aspiring to achieve? To be honest, to what I'm trying to achieve. Well, basically when I came to Dubai, we had the, what, what, what drew, what drove me the most? There was a company. I'm not going to say the name. You know, I'm not going to say the name. Uh, when I did open my company, I used to rent from them. So that's the first company that I rented cars from. I supported them. I spent over fifty thousand dollars with them. You know, over the months and coming, going, coming and going on cars. And once I opened my company, and I had messaged them and like, if you guys need any cars or if I can support you guys and take some of your cars, if I have to outsource some cars, uh, the worker there told me survival for the fittest in a message. I'm like, damn, like I'm trying to trying to work with you guys. I'm trying to help you guys. Like how much money have I spent with you guys? Where's the support? Where's the love? Like I'm not going to affect you guys, you know? And once I heard that, Survival for the Fittest said, no problem. Uh, I'll show you guys. And now we've, we're maybe the top three in, in Dubai, in Rent-A-Car. We're the biggest in the Middle East. We have the biggest showroom on Sheikh Zayed Road. I've got over 65 luxury cars in, in my fleet. Um, I'm the only single owner. I have no one else, no investors, no, like everything's mine which I feel good about. Um, by the end of this year, our, our aim is to hit 100 cars and we're partners with Emirates Airline. So when you're, on the aer- uh, when you're in the aeroplane and you go into the entertainment, uh, the ICE entertainment mm-hmm. system, you'll see our video plane where the first, we've got the first- Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I need to check that when I go yeah. back. When you, when you fly back to the UK, go in the entertainment section, go to Dubai because of the expo and you'll see our business there playing videos uh, and, and telling people whoever comes through, through Emirates get a special discount and they have to give that special code. Oh. Yeah, um, we've got- uh, Partnership with the Cove Beach. Also, I also I had the um, I was giving out the the Watson Awards, so I was the um, the main uh, promoter for that for that award event. So we met many businesses from there, and we became partners with all of them. I do have other exclusive contracts with companies, but they they're all confidential, mm-hmm. so we can't say who they're for and what they are. But uh, where we are right now is where I want to be, you know, and um, we're doing very very well. That's all I can say. So what, is, what does success mean to you? Success is uh, being the best at what you do, uh, making money, obviously, uh, making a lot of money, and um, enjoying life. Like, have enough time to, 
to enjoy your life. You know, it's not just all about money and all about work. Say me, I'm, I'm seven days in my business. You come to my shop every single day. I am there every single day, seven days a week. Uh, New Year's, I'm in my office. Uh, it's usually like we're open from nine till nine and then I work after hours. Like I'm the owner of the company and I put more hours in than my workers. Um, Why do you think that is? is? Do you think the key is you know being passionate and having a love for the business? Passionate, very passionate, love for the business and you want to be the best. So to be the best, you've got to be there every single day. You want to make sure everyone's satisfied. You want to make sure no one leaves upset. You want to make sure every customer is, is getting you a referral. Like your worker's your worker because they're not owning the company and they're on salary. They just do their job, what they're told to do. They're like robots, you know. Some of them think outside the box. Some of them don't care. They just want to go to work, finish their job, make sure everyone's done and they go. With me, it's not about that. It's me, it's about uh, making sure they're happy and they're going to get you a referral. They, they, they know that they spoke to the owner and they feel good. They feel, com- they feel comfortable because... A lot of rental car companies in Dubai, it's challenging for us because uh, they don't return deposits. So you book a red Ferrari, they'll bring you a yellow Ferrari. A lot of them are brokers, young guys. What they do, they open um, on, on social media accounts and they take people's photos. Like a lot of our photos end up on other accounts. Uh, take people's money, for example. The car won't come or they'll switch them to a different car, which is an old car. It's not what they asked for. So that sort of every time to, for us to try win over a client was very difficult at the start. But now that we're on Emirates and now that we're on a lot of good places and, and our publicity is very good and all the celebs that come to us that give us the shout outs on their social media and stuff, make people feel confident with us. So which is a good thing for us. So we don't have to explain ourselves every single time to a customer. Hey, you, you, you know, don't worry, you trust us. We're going to give you a deposit back. We're a good company. We're not going to charge you for an existing damage and, and stuff like that. They know who we are. Our reputation's out there. So uh, sometimes, you know, I'm in a lot of WhatsApp groups with other rental cars, it's like 250 rental car companies in luxury companies in Dubai. It's very, very, very challenging. So we have to think outside the box every single day. We make movies, we make videos for our cars different than everyone else because you have to be different. Our colors of our cars, they're different. Everything is custom. I don't just get a basic Ferrari and keep it basic. I make it different. So if someone wants that specific car, they have to come to us because we're the only one that has it. Like the models of the cars that we have, uh, 2022 models, sometimes I buy them from outside the country because... They haven't even landed here yet. So we'll be the first to have it. So if you want to try that car or you want to buy that car instead of waiting because of the demand, because of COVID, it pushed everything back. So I've still got cars coming this month and next month that I ordered 16 months ago. Wow. You know, I just received my Rolls Royce Cullinan last week. Uh, it's currently getting PPF and I'm doing 26 inch wheels. I'm making it different, you know, full custom interior from Rolls Royce. So it took a long time to customize. So all our cars are coming now. And, um, that's the advantage that we do with, between us and other companies. Like we get cars that are unique. So if you want that specific model or you want to test drive it, you know you're going to wait one year for it, but you want to drive it before you buy it. So we've got it, you know. So that's why our business is doing well. We're doing things that are different than other companies, you know. Other companies are pretty much, oh, they don't care how they run their business. They just buy the car, rent it. Just rent it, rent it, rent it, rent it. They don't care they don't, when it comes back. Man, even for us, like I've seen other cars that come to us, like it, Companies that work with us that take cars from us, they come in their car and you see the quality of their car. You're like, man, how do you guys even rent that car? Like my car, I see it. We've got reports. We have everything. Like we've got a log, a log for every car that if there's something wrong, if there's a scratch that's one centimeter, it's going to get fixed before we give it to that next client. So that way when the client has it, he knows he's comfortable, he's set. He doesn't have to worry about nothing. So yeah, we do stand out. It's marketing. It's, it's advertising. It's not just that easy just to go buy a car and rent it. It's not like that. People do have accidents. Uh, people do have breakdowns. I get phone calls at 3, 4 in the morning, a pop tire on the side of the road. Who's going to go fix it? You know, if your, your worker's not answering, like it becomes a problem. 
double booking cars. Like, like I told you before we moved in, before I walked in today, it was a stressful day for me today because uh, system error, it showed that it was available, someone else booked it and then had a double booking. What do you do in that situation? You try to try to switch the customer to another car, but if you're fully booked, then what do you do? It's a big problem. You have to outsource a car. Outsourcing cars is something we don't like doing because it's not your car. If they do crash it or something goes wrong, you don't know what this other company wants for his car. His rules might not be like our rules, where like if, if he crashes someone else's car, he might ask for half a million dollars. You're going to tell the client, look, he wants half a million. He's going to be like, I'm not going to pay it. It becomes a problem. If it's my car, at least we can negotiate with the client. We can sit down, make him feel comfortable, show him what he's done wrong and, and, and whatnot, and we can come to a solution, you know? That's why I don't like outsourcing cars. So, like, you you grew incrementally and it was your work ethic and it was your passion and it was your love for the business. What what changes? Because at the beginning, going back to you selling cars in Australia, like, it's all about you. It's all about Ahmed. It's all about how, how motivated Ahmed is feeling or how hungry he is or, how, you know, your performance. But then as you grow, you know, of course, you're, you're the foundation of the business, but you're relying on other people. So what, what, what are some of the things that change in business? Because from my own journey, I've seen it as well. Like, you know, when you first start, you know, it, you're just reliant on yourself. And then as you grow, you have to give some control away. And you yeah, know, this is the biggest, this is the biggest problem in business. Yeah. No one's going to work as hard as you work, you know? And uh, I still, till today, do with some of the clients. Maybe 50 to 60% of the clients, I still talk to them. Um, yeah, I've given, now I've got some some good sales reps that have been with me for a very long time. And they've built a lot of big relationships with the clients now. So it takes a lot of stress off me now. But before, from start to finish, from the start of the company opening date till now, my number's still on that website. My number is still dealing with clients. Clients messaging me for, for small things. And which I shouldn't really be doing anymore, but I don't mind, you know. Um, but how do you manage your time? Because your time is valuable. That's very hard. It's very, very, very hard. I go on a holiday, I'm on the phone. Boom, Client boom, services boom, boom, boom. business, right? Yeah, I'm in Greece on an island, I'm on the phone, replying, ringing my staff, what's going on. But this year, things have changed. I've got a system in place. We've got the new shop. The new showroom is what helped us a lot because the last showroom was very small where I was. It was very, very small. We didn't think we were going to grow that big, that fast. And then all of a sudden, everything just grew. So now we've got a big shop. I've hired more employees. I'm overstaffed, not understaffed, and everyone's got a task allocated. So I don't mind paying extra salary or two because you're making good money at the end of the month anyway. Have a bit more losses, like pay a bit more staff and pay the right staff. You know, you can get staff for, for 3,000 dirham, for example, per month. If they're worth three, I'm giving them five because they're irreplaceable. You can't, you can't replace these guys. They, they, they know what they're doing. They, they're switched on. Um, I have a lot of companies that come to me, can I buy your driver? I'm, I'm happy to buy him off you. I'm like, no, 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 these guys are trained. Like, uh, they're not for sale, you know? It becomes like that, man. Because you, other companies are like, how are you doing so well? It's not, how am I doing so well? I, I put effort in my company. Uh, where are you at 9 a.m.? Like, where are you at 9 p.m.? Ask those questions, you know? Um, but how do you deal with that? Because like in business, I don't have a balance. Day. It's every day, right? To be honest, I don't have a balance. I don't have a balance at it's all. It's nonstop. You're getting it's punched left, yeah. right, center. Yeah, you know? it's, it's very, very difficult. I've got gray hairs. When I moved to Dubai, you know, it's it's crazy. But now it's now I've got the, the the new guys that I have, like the guys that I've trained very well, been side by side by me, are amazing. So now, majority of the leads that I get through, I put their numbers down on this on the on the on wherever we advertise. I'm starting to put their numbers down, and I, I watch my figures and I watch the daily um, movement in the business, and everything's going smooth. But I have not given full hundred percent control over the company yet, not yet. 
not until I get what I what I want. Like at the end of this year, we're getting a Bugatti. We're adding it to the fleet. So we'll be the only rental car company in Dubai with the Bugatti in the fleet. Um, we've been waiting for it for two years, so it's nearly finished. Uh, should be arriving in August. So once that arrives, that was my dream car, you know. So now when I go to work, I see these other cars. I look at them. Yes, they're nice. They're beautiful. They're amazing. It was my dream. But then you know you expect more and more and more. It's it's not. You can say it's greed, greediness, but it's not. It's for me. It's more of a goal, and I want to I want to hit that Still goal. Like you legacy, know. Right? Yeah, I want to hit that goal, and I think once I get the Bugatti. And I have my whole fleet in, in what, like one of every model of every supercar, one of every model of every sports performance car. That way, no one has to go anywhere else. If they want an RS7, I have it. They want an RS6, I have it. They want an RS3, I have it. For example, in Mercedes AMG GT, I've got it. They want a C63, I've got it. And then whatever pushes the most, start getting duplicates of those cars, and and three and fours of those cars, and then focus on you know obviously the supercars like the, whatever the latest model comes out put a deposit on it wait for it 12 months as soon as they arrive boom i've got three of them in my fleet uh like the new ferrari fuv this the, the, the new the one they had leaked photos the other day of the new ferrari uh, suv so they call it ferrari fuv uh, as soon as that comes out i know it's going to be a high demand car so I'll, I'll buy three of them you know and that's how i want to build it once i'm at where i need to be that business will stay the same and i'll just update the cars every i don't want to hit 200 cars or 300 cars i don't want that headache I know it's a lot of money, um, but in this type of business, it just takes your money. Like every month there's a new car, or every six months they launch a new car of a different brand. So, you know, and each car is one million, two million, three million. Like this business can always just suck your money. Yeah, it's an investment. Your money is building. But man, like you need a lot of money to maintain this company. Like it's worth a lot of money, but you need a lot of money to maintain it. So like if you have 10 million, you can spend it in one day. Three Ferraris, one Lambo, boom, it's gone. And, and you push those cars because Dubai is so... Everyone that comes to Dubai wants a luxury car. You know, you ask me today, I'm fully booked. I'm, I'm stressing today, and and I'm willing to go buy more cars, but there's no cars in the market because the, the what's going on right now, the cars that you're buying for 900 are worth 1.5, and it's like, man, I'm not paying 1.5. I, I know it's worth 900. So you either wait six months or nine months till you build one and it arrives, and then or you, it's very complicated. And the reason the reason why I asked you that is because I think part of the podcast is like really just giving an insight into the real life of business because a lot of people they see the rewards they see the lifestyle but they don't know that it's a real sacrifice it's a real trade-off yeah you see like um dubai i'll tell you when it comes to business anyone that comes to dubai and opens a business never th never think negative that's one thing always think a positive and in dubai anything that you do open in dubai i feel like 80 percent, 90 percent chance it's successful Reason being, I'm not too sure. I feel like the, the locals in Dubai, they got money. They come from money as well. So I don't see much business owners, like uh, local business owners. It's more a lot of expat owners that come here and open business and they come and spend money. You know, they don't need to work. They're, they're well off, you know, born 20, 30, 40 million. They don't need a job. You know, they don't, they don't need to work and they like to come and spend. Um, so even if you open a hot dog stand, for example, doesn't have to be cars. You'll make money. Right location, right marketing, right skills, but you're making money. Tax free. All that money's going to your pocket. You know, um, a barbershop makes money in Dubai. Like everything makes money in Dubai. It's not only car rental. A lot of people come, everyone that rents cars from me, oh, I want to open a car rental. I want to open a car rental. I always get that question every single time someone wants to come. Oh, what kind of business can you know it would it be good if I open? There has seen I've I've met some boys from the UK. They've opened business here. He started off with one car, he bought my first he bought my car, which car? Audi R8, Spider. Now he's got four cars. One guy, young kid, 21 years old, doing amazing. 
um, he will grow, but he knows there's a lot of headaches that come along with it. It's not that straight trans. It's not just very easy. How do you deal with stress, man? So like, how can I explain? Even the, my landlord that I'm I'm renting off now, Sheikh Zayed, he goes to me. There's one thing I love about you. So what is it? He goes, "You are the most patient guy I've ever met, ever ever met." Yeah, you're uh, very calm. You've got this. Yeah, like very calm. calm. He goes to me. I've never met anyone like you. You're so patient. I said, "Well, if I'm not patient, what am I going to be? It will break me, you know. If if I'm not patient, I'm going to snap. I'm going to get off get off track. I'm going to lose focus. I guess. But being patient and just sitting back and and being chill, and and taking that step backwards gives you a, you, you can vision. You can see everything that's going to be going ahead. You know." If you're always fast-paced and you're not going to take that little step back, you don't know what's going on, you make a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes. So being patient is, is the biggest key. And obviously, um, you know, prayers, you know, if you pray and, and, and you, you want to be successful and you're at it every single day, I think it comes, like, it, it does come to you, man. Good things come. You know, good things come. And it's, you know, it's, it's how we say it in our religions, honestly, you know, like... Um, I came to Dubai. No one, I, I never expected I was going to be living in Dubai, and I'm one of the biggest car rental companies in Dubai, in the Middle East, not just Dubai. Have the most latest cars, like things that I used to dream of. I used to dream of a Lambo. I've got seven or eight or nine. You know, it's, it's crazy, and and it happened so fast. It happened so fast. But Dubai is is full of um, opportunity. So I, I recommend anyone that wants to move to Dubai to do it. Don't sit at home. Don't wait. There's nothing to do in your country anymore. Like it's just full of taxes. Like even the UK, it's it's cold. Painful. It's cold weather. Like it's all year round cold weather. Um, people are always negative. Yeah, honestly. I'm gonna be honest. Like, not just negative downers. They they like they're down. They hate if you're doing well. Same as Australia. That's why I left. Like no one wants to see you do well. No one wants to support you. Here you get support. Randoms want to help you, man. I get inboxes every day. Hey, how can I? You know, can I come collab? Can I do something to support your business? You don't get that. You know. Um, I thought it was just me Like honestly no. I feel the exact same It's like when I come to Dubai I feel like I'm a different person Like I'm just at ease And yeah. everyone around you Smiling, happy Everyone's happy Everyone's happy Like my employees bro they're, they're not from Rich countries you know They're on Average wages Man they're happy They're smiling You know like they're, they're, Everyone's happy in this country yeah, Every time I walk into work Everyone's smiling It's a good thing you know um, Yeah that's it man but wow. UK, it's a cold country, nine to five again, taxes. What are you going to do? How are you going to grow? The government don't want to see you grow. As you grow, they're you, gonna tax you, you get punished more and more. They're going to tax you. You grow, you, yeah, and, and you ask them, where's that money going? Like, you, you, there's not one pothole on the whole <laughs> shit. Up any road I've driven on in Dubai, I have not hit a hole in the floor. You know, in Australia, you put all this money and they say, oh, we're fixing the roads, we're fixing this, what have you fixed? I haven't seen nothing. I haven't seen nothing, zero. Schools, graffiti, you go, broken things like, where, what have these guys done, you know? Oh, we're putting our money in hospitals. You go to the hospital, they're old. Yeah, it's a new country, 50 years. No one can do what the Sheikh done. No way in history. Honestly, yeah. you have to respect it. No way, no, no, no way. I respect him so much. Like uh, him, the Sheikh, and all the Emiratis. I respect them. And from where they came from, they came from uh, like nothing. And yes, and I had one guy tell me the other day, he guessed me, I love the Lebanese people. I said, why? He said, we learned from you guys. So what do you mean you learned from you guys? He goes, we were 50 years ago, we had nothing. You guys were Paris in the Middle East. He goes, we learned a lot from your country. I'm like, really? I, I, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, he goes, we, we look up to the Lebanese people. We love your country. We've got many investments in your country. 
But he goes, unfortunately, the war and all the stuff that's going on, you know, it's life. It's like what's going on now with Russia and Ukraine and all that stuff. Like, it's very sad. Yeah. But Dubai, I feel like it's safe. Um, if they just keep doing what they're doing, it's going to be the best. It is the best country in the world to me. If anyone tells me, I've been on holidays and I want to come back home. Like, I'm on a holiday in the country I'm living in. Uh, and you go to other places, like, they don't have what they have here. You know, it's good to experience other countries to see different, you know, cultures and stuff. But three, four days maximum, I'm back home. I want to stay here. I'd rather have a holiday in Dubai. Hundred percent. So, what what is your favorite car? That's that's a, that's an interesting. Man, one. that's that's the hardest question. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. It depends. It depends. Okay, let's break it down. So, let's because say, I've driven everything. So, let's say your favorite SUV, your favorite okay. supercar, and your favorite everyday favorite car. SUV, Lamborghini Urus, nothing else. Yeah, better than a, a Range Rover G wagon. Yeah, 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 better, better. Like, I love because a Lamborghini, you're still in a Lambo, and it's an SUV. I put my little boy in the back and go for a drive, you're still in a Lambo, you know? And everywhere you go, people know it's a Lambo and they see it. But the thing is, in Dubai, Lambos are like taxis. You know, Ferraris are like taxis. In Australia, you only see one. Like, online, you go online to buy one, there's four in the whole of Australia. You know, we've got a population of 20 million, 25 million. In Dubai, you go online, there's 81, 85. Big difference. Big difference. And that's just for sale. And it's a smaller place. It's a smaller place, but I'm saying like, and 4 million population, 5 million. Um, But when it comes to it, like, you see them everywhere, so you don't fancy them anymore. But like, back home, if you're driving a Lambo, everyone's like, oh my God, he's got a Lambo. He has nothing. There's too many eyes on you, isn't it? He just blend in. He's like, hey, when I first moved to this country, I bought my first Lambo, I was so excited. I told my, like, look at what I bought, went to a dinner. I parked up and I said to my, my wife at the time, I said to her, imagine now someone just rolls up in a Rolls Royce or something, just like, you know, all the eyes are on him. I look at my review, bro. Rolls Royce number plate eight, one digit, <laughs> one digit. Rolls Royce Phantom number eight. I look. Oh my God, we're just talking about this, you know. I'm like, man, Dubai. There's always, there's no competition. There's, there's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. You just yeah. humble. You just yeah. Chilling. So when it comes to my favorite car, SUV, definitely a Urus. Then it'll be a G wagon. Then it'll be a, maybe a SVR. But G wagon and a Urus, my top two. Um, I have the new X6 2022 M Sport. I actually like it. It's really nice, really comfortable seats. When it comes to supercar, um, nothing beats. You know, I, I like McLaren. I like McLaren 720S. I got one of those, my favorite. But it'll be, it'll definitely be a Lambo, Aventador SVJ. You're a Lambo guy, yeah, through Lambo and through. Guy, yeah, Lambo guy. SVJ, be my favorite, Aventador SVJ. And then when it comes to daily, like a normal daily, Sedan. Well, a daily in Dubai is not a daily anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> daily sedan, GT63S. I'm an AMG fan. So Mercedes all the way. And that's about it, man, with the cars. Oh, man, honestly, it's been a pleasure. Um, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you for taking likewise, the time out. Man, likewise. Final question. If you could go back and give yourself any advice for man, the younger version of you, what would it be? Very simple. I wish I came to Dubai a lot, a long time before I came. Like I let it, I let it get for too long. If I came one year before, man, my business right now and my my whole thing that I have will probably be five times, ten times bigger. Because every year you lose in this country, it's slowing you down. Like if you come earlier, like for example, the jet ski that my brother just opened. If he came one year earlier, boom, his name will already be out there. He's already fully booked every single day. The biggest company, boom, out there. Now people are coming in and people are starting to. Like rent a car, you probably have one open every two weeks in Dubai or one every month. People come, they think, oh, we'll buy two or three cars and open a company. So the competition's getting more and more and more. But if you're here from a long time ago, your name's already out there. So if 
I was here one or two years before. Like the top three we're in now, there's me and two other companies, our main competitors. They were here one year before me. But they're at 75 cars, man. I'm at 60, 65 cars. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. Real quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> I'm catching up. And then it's like Chinese whispers. You know, I say I'm going to open a buggy company. Boom. They're opening buggy companies. I said, I'm going to do chauffeur company. Boom. They're opening chauffeur companies. I go buy an Aston Martin. They go buy an Aston Martin. I go put number plate frames on my car that says my brand, my branding. They go do the same. I go buy flags. They go do the same. I go shoot in a location. They go shoot in a location. They think whatever I am doing is going to make them do well. Like, but it's not that. It's, it's, it's not that. You can't, you can't uh, replicate something. Yes, you can't replicate. And I, at least I know I'm doing something good because they're copying. Yeah, I'm doing something good. It's a, like they say, it's a form of flat yeah. flattery. But I, but in terms to all the listeners today, like um, if they're planning to move move to Dubai, um, I suggest they should do it. Just take action. Take action, man. You can make money with anything. And the same in business, anything. right? Anything. You know, you can from anything, bro, in Dubai. It's it's so easy to make money. It's it's so easy to make money in this country. Whoever tells you it's not, it's crazy. You know, I've got bodybuilders, man. That I like. I go to the gym. I, I train with. I got a personal trainer. He's on like a hundred, hundred fifty k a month as a bodybuilder. Online coaching and some 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 clients charging four five hundred dirham a session. You know he's doing thirteen sessions a day, seven eight thousand dirham a day, and it's pure profit because he's not even doing anything. He's not even selling you a product. Like there is a lot of opportunity, and people come to Dubai, and most of the people that live in Dubai have money and they want to spend it. You know it's not all about keeping your money in the bank. So man, whoever's listening, I don't know what they're waiting for. In the UK, you got you you're restricted, and if you do go up in in, in life there, you start to get slammed by taxes. And they don't want to see you grow. Only the big companies are making money. The, the young, the young entrepreneurs, the young guys that want to make money, they, they're not helping at all. The government doesn't support you. Facts. And on that note, we'll, we'll end it there. Like I said, thank you so much. Um, any final words? Anything? Anything else you want to share? Uh, where can they find you? As uh, well? Guys, if you want rent a car, if you want luxury cars, Lambos, Ferraris, Rolls Royces, Bentleys, you can look at that coming right there. The, la- <laughs> the latest models. Uh, we got the STO. We have the SVJ. Uh, inshallah, by the end of the year, we have the Bugatti, um, Sheikh Zayed Road, the Curve Building, Luxury Supercar Rental. We're on Instagram, uh, Luxury Supercars Dubai. We're also on Emirates. So if you use the code that you see on the fl- on the flight, you get ten percent off. I can't give you that. You have to catch the flight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you guys need anything, if you want jet skis, buggies, one place shop, man, you come to us, we'll look after you start to finish. And what about your personal page? How can they find you? My personal page is on Instagram. Uh, it's Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D dot Amwell, A-M-W-E-L-L. Amwell is short for, in Arabic, it's money. So they used to call me in Australia, oh, Ahmed yeah. Money, like Money Man or Money Mitch or whatever. They money Mitch. Yeah, <laughs> so they always used to call me money because I was hustling. Always had the latest cars, always working, always making money. That was my focus. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about going out, uh, clubbing and partying till the morning. And while the guys are like, I used to have my own, like a lot of my friends, I've lost friends, and you can't call them friends anymore. Uh, they used to turn like, oh, he's making money, he's making money. Well, bro, you out. Love and hate is a fine line. You're out partying all night. I'm out working all night, bro. I'm saving my money. You know, you're, you're spending a thousand, I'm saving a thousand. Okay, when I get to that point, I'll go and enjoy my life like you, but make it first. You know, now I go on holiday, I go first class, I, wherever I want to go, like, man, things I dreamed of, things that you dream of, because once you have money, money makes money, you know, that's the, that's the, but when you've got money and you're spending money, how are you meant to make money? They don't understand that. Love that. But yeah, if that. you need to follow me, you can follow me on my page, 
Uh, it was very nice speaking to you today. Um, whatever you guys need in Dubai, I'm here to support. Thank you, bro. Thank you. If you ever need me again, you know where I am. You got 100%, 100%. my number. Um, and if you want a car, come take a car. Come <laughs> to my showroom next time. The king of the king of Super Bowl, right? Any car you want, it's yours. Thank you, know? you my bro. I've got the latest it. STO. It's crazy. Come drive. <laughs> definitely, I'm definitely going to check that out. Done. Thank you, guys, all for watching, and we'll see you soon.